Welcome to Thrivecast, a community podcast series where you are meeting with the growth and engineering leaders from all around the world. Uh, our today's topic is about the pains and the excitements of implementing PLG, or should we say maybe trials and tribulations of PLG. Uh, today we have an incredible duo, our guest from Sumo Logic, a cloud management platform. Angad and Aditya, both of you have been in the trenches, you've been building and experimenting uh, growth at Sumo Logic. Maybe let's start with Angad. Uh, Angad, you recently had the opportunity to, I think, uh, be present at Sumo Logic's uh, second year anniversary for the IPO. Uh, you and your team rang the bell there. Uh, that must have been very exciting. Uh, could you could you take a moment to introduce yourself of who are you, uh, who's Angad, what's your role at Sumo Logic, and maybe even touch a little bit about uh, who's Sumo Logic as well. Sounds great. So uh, yeah, first of all, Ed, uh, uh, it was a privilege to be at the bell ringing ceremony uh, for Sumo Logic's two year sort of uh, IP anniversary. Uh, I'm a principal product manager at Sumo Logic. So I've been with Sumo for about uh, six years. I've managed multiple different areas of the product. Um, uh, and, and most recently uh, managing the sort of PLG and the onboarding aspects of the product. So that's sort of why, why, my, yeah, why I'm here. Um, and a little bit about Sumo Logic. Um, it's uh, it started off as a log analytics company, so we basically uh, provide solutions to uh, ingest log data, uh, process it, provide sort of insights to primarily two sets of develop uh, users. One is developers who use that for um, making sure the applications are up and running. And uh, uh, security engineers who use again the same log messages to secure the applications. Uh, and um, over the period of time, we have evolved from sort of only the log analytics space into more of an observability and sort of full-blown security analytics space, uh, having multiple offerings in those uh, areas. Which, by the way, is a big range. You know, for every SaaS builder, observability is is a big craze. I think. Maybe about eight or nine years back, that wasn't the case as much. But every SaaS builder that we talk to, they start with thinking about observability from the very get go. So compliments to you know, Angad, you and your team on, on building a wonderful, you know, wonderful product out there. Uh, let's move to Aditya. Aditya, you, you know, you and I, we we touch base, you know, probably once or twice before this particular call. Uh, I saw your interesting post at the Product Led Alliance team. Uh, you were the only, uh, you were the only presenter who had an engineering perspective on PLG. Uh, of course, there's a lot of PLG con content out there for enabling sales team, growth team, marketing. But your content was standing up. Uh, you know, very very apparent that you probably went through a lot of pain in building towards PLG. It looked as if you were in the trenches trying to figure out uh, how PLG works and what should you build and what should you not. Could you take a moment of introducing yourself to the audience and your role at Sumo Logic? Yeah, for sure. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Gururaj. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and talking to you. Uh, so I am Director of Engineering at Sumo Logic. Uh, I have been with Sumo Logic for almost seven years now. Uh, it's been a long time, so I've seen growth of Sumo Logic from a very small startup to being an IPO. So it's been an incredible, incredible journey, basically. Uh, most recently, I have been working with Angad on our uh, effort to improve onboarding experience and product-led growth at Sumo Logic. So that's why I'm here. 
uh, happy happy to share uh, any learnings that I have had. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Aditya, you know, I was, you know, just before this particular uh, recording started, you know, you were telling us some stories about why did you bring Angad? So we'll, we'll, we'll wait on for that one. But maybe we'll start with Angad about uh, the journey that Sumo Logic went. Uh, started with, you know, uh, I think you guys started thinking about PLG. Could you tell us a little about why did you, Sumo Logic seems like a very uh, sales-led kind of a product. You know, lots and lots of onboarding, you know, very specific setup needs to be done to uh, to bring all the logs in to be able to go analyze it. Uh, but yet, you know, you started or you ventured, you started venturing out in the world of PLG. Could you describe a little bit about the problems? Uh, why did you start thinking about PLG, and you know, and how did you go about getting a buy-in from the larger organization in general uh, on that they should do PLG? Typically. Or for a sales-led company to think about PLG itself is a big, you know, it's a big hurdle. Uh, but you guys went a little beyond that. Uh, so could you introduce about the journey about PLG at Sumologic? Sure, definitely. I can definitely talk about sort of like why we were, why, how we got started on that journey, and and another thing would probably be better suited to answer the second part of how we got buy-in because he was sort of involved in the trenches at that time. Uh, I joined the project a little bit later, so uh, why? Uh, because uh, the company was seeing some headwinds uh, in general, um, uh, some change changes in the uh, in the trends in the industry, especially like like we talked about, like observability was becoming much more prevalent as sort of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a thing that uh, people care about. And with that, we saw that there was a change in uh, sort of the, the the buyer persona. So it was sort of like uh, shifting left towards developers. They were making these decisions of, uh, uh, you know, what observability offering or what tools they should be buying. And this buyer persona had a, uh, a very different sort of process of evaluating uh, tools than the traditional persona. And just to give a little bit of context, traditionally, like when we used to sell, we would probably go to like a, a head of product, engineering manager, or a director of product, depending on the size of the company. And the sales guy would like pitch them uh, a deck about what, what our capabilities are. Right. From there, they'll do like some demos and then they will POV the product. Uh, maybe they will do some, some trial run, etc., And then they'll buy the product. Like that, that was sort of like a typical journey beforehand. But we realized because developers were sort of getting involved in the first stages and like some small teams would just like have a issue. They would uh, just like uh, do a trial with a product like Sumo and then not even engage with sales or anybody else and take a decision on what they, they want or need. So we really wanted to sort of get into that uh, or, or, or leverage that changing market dynamics. That was sort of like the big impetus for us to uh, go and start this PLG motion. So would you say, Ankit, that a new persona like a developer um, and the buying behavior or even the trying behavior that instead of you talking to the, you know, going through the sales motion, talking to and selling it to the CXO audience, uh, developers were a lot more prone to try things by themselves. And you saw that trend. Uh, which is why you started. Would, would that be right to say? Uh, were correct, there any correct. other perspectives in the sales cycles themselves, meaning the sales would have been taken much, much longer 
and you realize either from your competition or your, your own, own internal experiments that if you latch on to the PLG way, the sales might reduce. Is, was there also an indication around that part? Yeah, so I mentioned there were some, some, some headwinds where we were, you know, seeing some sort of slowdown in terms of deal generation, in terms mm-hmm. of getting new logos, etc. And we saw that these headwinds are coming. And this is because of uh, of 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 a traditional sort of like the sales led motion and like the, the the shift in the mindset so yes definitely there were some analysis done uh, we also looked at competitive landscape and we found that certain competitors that have now no competitor has a really great i would say still like a very good plg motion but obviously some competitors are better than others um, so we also looked at that and saw how their business was doing and stuff like that, sort of to give us some validation that this might be the right sort of uh, investment area for us. So yes, that 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 sort of analysis was also done as part of this. That's interesting. That's interesting. Now, thank you, Angad. Uh, maybe let's let's move to once that you have established the part that you have to have PLG, and it's not a standalone motion. It probably is tagging alongside with uh, SLG. Uh, how did you guys go about starting the thinking process? Maybe, Aditya, could you explain a little bit about, um, you know, how did you get a buy-in from the organization? You know, it looks like the headwind itself would have been a, you know, good forcing function for the leadership to, you know, to be amenable to think about PLG. But how did you guys go about that? Hey, this is what we should do. This is what we should try first. Uh, and I think, you know, Sumo Logic being an enterprise kind of a product, um, you know, you had to go change a lot of things, not just the uh, adding the PLG motions to your product or not even just the self-service portions of it, but you had to change the entire structure of the Sumo Logic on how does developer actually, you know, discover the value from this? How do they try small? Uh, you know, could you walk us through the process of how did you go about getting the organization wrapped up with PLG and 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 the story from there on? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think I would preface the answer by saying that this is still a work in progress. I mm-hmm. don't think we can call ourselves a product-led company at this point of time. There is always going to be a mix of both. Uh, work. So this is still a kind of work in progress right now for us. Of course. But to... Uh, kind of get an alignment. There were three or four aspects uh, that helped got an alignment between the product and the uh, marketing team. The first one was basically what Anga talked about just now, uh, how getting uh, on the same page about the persona, the buyer persona, that we had to do first. Like, okay, the marketing team understands that the buyer persona or the buyer is moving left. And the way they evaluate the product is very different from how uh, evaluation of product was happening in the past right so getting on the same page was the f- first step uh, i would say right second was i think where we f- faced difficulties initially and then uh, we made good progress over there was basically getting a executive buy in uh, mm-hmm. when i say executive buy in i don't mean that executives are basically uh, just saying okay this is a priority for our company we should do this it should they should actually believe that this is how the company is going to operate, uh, right? They should truly believe that this is how the company is going to be able to operate because it takes takes up a lot of effort to realign 
the company's direction. And and if your executive is uh, does not have a true belief in that, it's going to be very difficult. Right. Third, I would say, which helped uh, align the GTM and the product team was, uh, I think, improved collaboration. Right. So when we what we started off with was basically doing these biweekly meetings between the product and the marketing team, just sharing what we are doing on the product side uh, for the funnel improvement, sharing what we are doing on the marketing side for funnel improvement and everything. Those biweekly meetings helped a lot in kind of gaining trust across the aisle, as you would say. Right. Uh, so uh, that was definitely helpful. And the fifth, fourth one was, I think, PLG, uh, even though it has been there for some time, I think the awareness is still pretty low uh, across folks. So there was a lot of education that had to happen internally, uh, talking about PLG, talking about the practices of PLG within the organization. I think uh, with all of that, I think it was, that. that's how we basically ended up getting some alignment across. Uh, GTM and the product team. Yeah, so the leadership buying uh, some education, some understanding of how this operates, and maybe some business benefits of if if we do this, okay. this might be the path ahead. Uh, you know, in that case, maybe uh, Angad, could you could you describe when you let's say we have the you have the leadership bought in, people generally know what PLG is about. Where did you start? Uh, you know, I think figuring out. What to start and how to start is always very difficult. It's a very difficult journey, uh, you know. But but I I hear that you started off with, you know, kind of revamping your self service. You started doing some onboarding changes to to onboarding, you know, going from an enterprise based onboarding. You have a sales engineer or someone helping, you know, the customer to onboard this or that and have the value uh, to kind of a self service onboarding. Could you could you describe a little about about the onboarding of the end users, in this case, the developers are the ones who are automatically coming and trying to realize value by themselves. Uh, and then your uh, your foray into free plans or trial plans, uh, because that's probably unheard of in the enterprise products like Sumo Logic. Yeah. So uh, I can I can give you a little bit of uh, context about uh, uh, you know how our sort of trial worked uh, before PLG. Why we chose to sort of focus on that aspect uh, and, and, and and provide a little bit insights into trial and, and, and free. So before we did the, the PLG motion, like there was always like a self-serve component to, to, to Sumo Logic, at least sort of like a bare minimal component. So you'd, you have a user who would sign up on the marketing website. Uh, and then he would activate their account, provide some basic information about who they are, the company, et cetera. Sort of that was what we qu qualified as sort of like the activation phase. Uh, from there, uh, we asked him to do a couple of things, but there was no sort of guidance earlier around mm -hmm. how do you onboard onto the product. Uh, the uh, in, uh, the idea was the sales typically engages at that point. You marketing would qualify certain, these leads based on any information they have about that user, right? Uh, this could be like what they browsed on the marketing website. Obviously, the information provided on the sign up form and things like that, and they would send that over to to, to sales, and then the sales will reach out to the to the user if they engage with them. 
that the sales would help them with their trial journey, essentially help them, um, you know, have some calls with them to onboard their data, uh, discuss with them how to use the product and so on. And from there, they would make the buying journey. Right. So that sort of was was the overall process. Uh, why we focused on this? Because, like I said, like developers want to get value. So obviously, the first point of value is when you're signing up for a trial, you want to make sure that you can self-serve your data onto the platform easily and reliably and try out the various features that are there. So we identify that that workflow, uh, it, it can be optimized a lot more. So we focused on that on, on our, for our sort of product-led growth uh, initiative. Uh, what we were focusing here primarily was at, 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 at a starting point was not to replace the sales motion and stuff because that's sort of like a harder challenge. Our first mm-hmm. goal was how can we a generate like provide value to the user so the developers etc when they start they can onboard their data so that means sort of like better uh, clearer instructions for setting up data collection simplifying actually the process of data collection so rather than having five or six steps you can do it in one step uh, right but the, the, the command would take care of multiple sort of things that are required to actually go set your complex environment up and then uh, what we also sort of experimented on uh, experimenting on is like this this uh, concept of a checklist where once you've onboarded your data we want you we want to walk you through some of the main features of our products so uh, and and essentially show you the value of the data that you just ingested right so that's sort of like like how we 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 are thinking and we are doing this uh and right now we haven't uh changed a lot of the the selling or the sort of like the the uh, the qualific uh, qualification motion but one of the things that's on the table right now being talked about with marketing and sales is uh rather than just marketing qualifying these leads we can qualify it based on their product usage because if we are engaging those customers a lot more right we are providing value to them then they are much more likely uh to 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 to, to engage with the sales team uh, and we can probably capture those the the uh, the exact moment in the product when they start seeing value and they will be more willing to talk to the, the sales and obviously uh, that sort of provides a lot of value to to that in, entire buying motion, right? Like you, you don't have to have a huge sales organization to chase after all these leads. You are actually like like doing a very good job of sort of like qualifying that. So, so that's how sort of like uh, like this part works. Like this whole trial journey. As far as for freemium, yes, we do offer a freemium model today. The the freemium model, the way it works is. Uh, when when your trial period expires, you're basically downgraded into a premium sort of offering um, if you don't decide to buy the product, which is also pretty standard sort of practice in the industry where you would want everybody, everybody who's signing up for a for for an account, uh, try out the full blown capabilities of the product, show them all the value from the product. And at that point of time, if they don't really care about some of these high-end values then they can actually go and use the freemium product which has all the sort of basic capabilities um that our uh, product has the um, reverse trial modeling i guess right yeah, yeah. 
exactly and and then and in uh freemium the way we sort of like provide that offering is a very again very typical of how people do it in the industry it's just capped at a much lower limit than our regular offering right so 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 the amount of data that you can ingest in the platform is capped at around one gigabytes and then we provide all the main features but some sort of advanced capabilities and some of our advanced features and functions are definitely missing in the premium version got it uh maybe let's peel a few layers of the onion on this one so angad i think what you mentioned is probably very important for some of our listeners as well if a company has slg you know you can't just blow off the entire sales led motion and say hey that plg is the new motion I think what you guys did is like slowly starting to transition towards it. Uh, could it be right to say that marketing, you know, uh, the role of marketing in that particular case changed from, hey, sign up to this particular form, contact us, right? Uh, to uh, to say, hey, you know, we'll take these contacts, still handing it over to the sales team, but over a period of time, they would replace the contact us forms with a sign up for free, uh, sign up for free button. On those pages, or would you think that's that's a little too far? You still want to keep the marketing contactors, send the lead over, uh, you know, send the lead over to the sales uh, sales team, and the sales team will, I'm guessing, request your engineering organization to create a tenant. They'll qualify. They'll create a tenant, you know, on um, on the behalf of this particular end user, and send uh, an email with a link or something of that sort. You know, to Sumo's, uh, you know, Sumo's tenant, and invite them, invite the end user, say, "Hey, please go try the product." Right? Instead of the initiation actually happening from the end user, the sales is the one who's now initiating that. Hey, I would like to have a trial for my customer, uh, and that request probably goes to your engineering or operations team. You would get a tenant, and then you're inviting the potential end user. And then still have the POV conversations, but now it is slightly seamless, meaning you're just sending over a link over uh, with an automatic invitation. Would that be right to assume that's where you transition to? Um, a little bit, yes. So, so yes, we do have even today a motion where sales can generate their own leads, right? Uh, but in that case, also they will just ask a customer to go on our website and just sign up for a trial. Um, and that's sort of like the standard process. So they'll probably not come to the development team because like they can ask the customers or they can they basically help themselves serve. So it sort of reduces the friction point there. Um, as, as far as like ideally where we want to head here, um, again, this is sort of into the future, but I think marketing has a great role to play uh, here. Uh, but I think it's at the top of the funnel where we are trying to reach out to the right set of users. Right. Mm-hmm. right now, I don't think in a lot of respects, like because marketing is also responsible for qualifying these leads and sort of like being accountable for it, they are able to spend enough time to say, oh, what are other channels uh, where we can reach these developer uh, audiences, right? And creating a very nice sort of top of the funnel. And then the 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 lead generation responsibility can pri- can potentially be handed over to product and say, okay, marketing is doing your signups. Uh, mm-hmm. Product, you qualify it with actual usage statistics, richer, and you activate the user and then get the engagement. And so, then so you get the, you hand it over to sales, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. 
so so in that respect uh, you know you are talking from standard like like you are using the strengths of each of these areas uh to sort of enrich this entire buying journey for 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 us and uh, and 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 our for for our customers because think about right right now with marketing qualifying criteria what ends up happening in a lot of cases is user just gets a email on the second day of trial a developer mm-hmm. does not they they their inboxes are already spammed with so many things that they will never uh like that a sales guy is reaching out to them on day 2 and asking for things you have to really get them excited to actually sort of like engage any sort of further conversations so i think like we will be able to tap better if we sort of play to the strengths of various areas what marketing has what product has and what what sales can so 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 yes i think in the future that i see is lead qualification can can be more sort of a peak uh the the growth team's responsibility and marketing team sort of is more uh, like uh, responsible for generating the right set of leads in the first place because that's also very hard you you can't even if you have a good product if you don't have good leads to begin with at the top of the funnel you can't do anything yeah i think those are that's very insightful um you know maybe let's go one more level deeper than that so let's say if your sales team has you know got somehow they figured out that this is a qualified buyer they have sent a trial request to the end user they've also made it created all the tenant you know uh, purely from an engineering perspective aditya could you maybe share a little about once that request was made to engineering was it automated or was it something over like a ticket or something that hey i have a qualified buyer please go ahead and create a tenant could you walk us through the journey of you don't know and the end user yet right you still have to enable the tenant for a free trial um you have to invite the end users so the set of end users you know very likely the invitation can probably go from the sales team but not directly from the product because this is a transition time the end user has not yet initiated this uh how do you manage the invitation process the tenant uh the tenant creation management process but also tight with a free and a you know reverse trial plan meaning the trial starts when the day they sign up you know to your product or whenever the tenant gets created but what if they don't continue to use the product you know and there's a drop off does the system automatically clean up or does the sales team have to say hey please blow off the tenant uh, this is not a qualified buyer any- anymore could you walk us through this entire journey of how the user gets into the product how the tenant gets created and the journey associated to the trial uh, all the way till the end of the trial yep sure so uh, i think we have been fortunate uh, in sumologic because we started from a pretty good base where we already had a free product where a user can come and sign up on the marketing website and start mm-hmm. a free trial on its own so the so the first half of the journey for the user is pretty self serve uh, mm-hmm. in that sort right so uh, the way tenants are being created is basically uh, on that sign up form uh, either the marketing website detects where the user is coming from or the user mm-hmm. selects that this is uh, my region we basically create a tenant based on uh, that uh, mm-hmm. so that part of the process is pretty automated right now uh, but mm-hmm. 
on on the free trial free trial account so we have a 30 day trial period after which the user automatically drops automatically downgrades yeah. downgrades to free we do not today we do not do a good job at uh, looking at what these users are doing in their free version of the app so mm-hmm. it's basically almost a, a black hole of sorts of a lot of users we do uh, kind of uh, time uh, timely cleanups of these free accounts where we have not seen a lot of usage uh, over a certain period of time but that's not automated right but there are conversations going out right now in the organization how do we automate it uh, how do we start looking at these uh, people who are on the free account how do we uh, start gathering some product analytics data for this, these free accounts so that we can figure out what is a good offering uh during this free period for these uh, users who are using uh so uh, that's the current setup right now makes sense hey you know what there's a cool tool called a sumo logic for for you to act collect <laughs> all the logs by the way <laughs> yes um no maybe aditya maybe a question on this right so about the free trial so you mentioned that you guys are using reverse trial uh and you automatically put them into and give all all the premium features for them to use at the beginning of the trial and then you downgrade so the mechanisms of downgrade um versus figuring out hey these are all the premium features versus these are all you know these are all the you know free or premium features right premium versus premium features do you have a feature catalog that you have built internally to say that hey once the free trial happens we will give them you know the all you can eat menu right they can try various things but as they downgrade uh you know these are the only things that they get you know is there a catalog that you maintain and that time window when it goes from you know all access to all features to only have access to something is there a paywall that you have added in between that if you don't make a decision by now you know you'll get the, the baseline premium features but if you pay now you can go higher have you already automated those portions yes and no uh, like how most of the answers are uh, so uh, basically in our freemium model uh, what we end up doing is a free period is what we end up doing is we uh, cap the user based on the ingest capacity the ah, user okay. still gets all the features that you uh, get on a paid version right uh, but we cap Not it all. on the Not all. most of them yeah most. most of them that's correct uh so uh the cap is basically on the ingest cap- uh, capability uh, how how much data that they can ingest there is a very uh, limited number of credits that uh, are given to them uh, during this period so uh and and initially initially when we started off we did have a catalog and it was a very manual uh, way of uh, measuring what uh features we should give in free compared to what features uh, should be in the paid version but at at point of time in our journey during this plg period we kind of opened it up uh to all features for a free for a free mm-hmm. user because we were already capping on the uh, ingest capacities and it did not make sense to limit the number of features that the users can have because uh, limiting the number of features also means the users do not get to know of about all of the capabilities that our product uh, today offers so that's basically in some way in product marketing if you are allowing to show all the features uh, within the product that you have right 
and people in the free version are also your potential future buyers right so uh, that is one more reason we uh, removed this uh, kind of limit to number of features that were offered in the free uh, so now when that on the second part of your question when it's going from a uh, trial period to a free version where we are capping the ingest limit uh, we do have a paywall that comes up we start showing these notification yeah, your trial period is ending but that uh, today the uh, conversion from this free trial uh, to free uh, version happens automatically after 30 days pass you automatically drop to free version but at this point of time what we are thinking and this is kind of a conversation like would it make sense to make this action more uh, explicit by users that if they want to continue in a free product they explicitly uh, kind of uh, say that I, i want to jump off to free uh, so uh, that's the kind of conversation that is happening right now so that we can start looking at what the users are doing in the free version as well that's a very well thought through you know think uh, things that you have started doing so that's that's amazing uh maybe let me understand you know i'll probably summarize this uh you know not to trivialize the work but i'm just trying to you know understand what you have done uh the downgrades to freemium uh you know uh, although they are automatic you want to make it you know explicit uh, but the downgrades themselves you know instead of you downgrading to hey we are limiting the number of features you know you still have you still giving enough value to them as part of yep. even the freemium but you're just capping on the usage capping on the on the ingestion capacity if you will right. uh, that's actually a beautiful way you know you're essentially not capping the value you're just capping the usage right yep. um, it's it's very rare um, that people think about it that way you know most of the most of the products that which are uh, b2b you know at least the people that we talk to they downgrade to a set of features that hey with you know if you if you don't have this you will not get enterprise sso you will not get this you will not get that right but instead what you're saying is you will get all of that right but you will only uh, you know be able to use less uh, right if if that's uh, that's the case compliments to you you know this is a very mature way of thinking about it i know we'll run out of time I'll just add one sort of thought. Yes, there are like like SSO for example because you mentioned that's one feature we don't provide in the the free version because that's sort of an enterprise sort of great feature. But mm-hmm. but nothing like Aditya's point is still sort of like holds because most of the features are still there. Um, oh, that's what you meant by most. Got it. Okay. Exactly. Uh, the second thing is, uh, and and why SSO? For example, SSO does not create sort of product value. It's it's a feature that allows enterprises to better use your product. So it's 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 mm-hmm. it's it's not actually a value driver of like doesn't show Sumo's value that much. Just helps you integrate with your existing products more. So mm-hmm. we try and sort of differentiate on that. That that okay, like anything that provides you value of the platform. that we will provide you in in premium and i think you asked another question around how do you like how do you maintain which features in general to for which customers um uh, we have a feature flagging capability it and it's an in house capability pretty sophisticated one as well where we can say that this sort of feature that we are launching etc 
can be enabled for this set of customers and you can define that criteria uh, of that customer and and just enable it to that customer it could be free versus paid it could be specific geographies it could be specific regions it could be even like set of customers or set of users which see that feature oh that's a great great clarification you know, thank you angad uh, maybe you guys should open source the feature flag you know uh, feature flag feature that's that's very important especially that goes alongside with uh, the free trials uh, again compliments to you know, both of you on you know on a very mature plg journey uh, we are almost end of time so let me ask you know a very crazy question maybe as we close uh, the call do you have any war stories um, about any plg fails that you've you've attempted something that failed you, you know you probably felt like you felt on you know you fell on your face and it was very difficult to get up any anything that you could share from the trenches of the plg implementation maybe i can i can share one over here so i think uh, one very important aspect of when we are setting up a plg team is the kind of people we are uh, recruiting for that uh, initial small team that we start off right uh, these uh, these folks need to have a basically experimentation and a very uh, customer centric mindset along with that you need to have uh skills on those areas uh or kind of at least the uh knowledge about what we are uh, trying to uh, improve on right so for example when we were uh, one of the examples that angad gave in uh in his previous conversation was we were trying to improve the data onboarding uh rate that's a very complex uh path uh, mm-hmm. that our developers take and it's very technical so initially when we had set up this team uh the team that was set up nobody had a very good understanding of that workflow even though we had set up that growth team right so we were not ma- able to make a lot of dent uh, in that uh, metric initially right so that's when we kind of brought in angad uh, who has a much better understanding of that workflow and everything and uh, we were able to make a significant dent so i think basically uh, aligning the metric that you want to uh, improve with the skill set of the people who you are uh, bringing in uh, it's it's extremely important i would say you actually put it very nicely i think behind the scenes you know very likely it might be hey angad you know you are now in you know uh, or previous experiments have failed now it's you we bank on you on your uh, and your self activation skills your ability to understand our market you know please guide us looks like you know looks like it is it's something of that sort so compliments angad again thank you so much you know both of you for your time uh, to all our listeners you know these are some of the series from the trenches about how you're implementing plg growth and monetization if you find these insights very useful please always comment share the post thank you again thank, thank you for having us